Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue 42. I, I don't have to welcome you, Bump, because you've been here. I'm in here. Let's get it. <laughs> you're, already, you're already ready? You're already warmed up? <laughs> Question number one. Justin Fields is now getting talked up as the number three pick. It's gone from people feeling like, hey, they made this move for Mac Jones. Now we've moved our way. It sounds like it's going to be Justin Fields. Is this evidence of what happened at the pro day, his second pro day? Do you think this is a matter of like the 49ers evaluation changing? I think the evaluation changed a little bit. One little tweak is what I saw when I'm hearing is that Fields went from having his left foot back to his right foot back when he's in shotgun and under center. So now I'm like, okay, why is that such a big deal? So I actually hit up one of my former player, players, Jaden Pruitt. He's a starting quarterback at Whitworth High School. I mean, excuse me, college now in Spokane. And they do the same thing. I asked him, like, so what's the difference, man? He goes, look, it just allows you to open up your shoulder a bit more to your dominant side. Um, it helps with concepts. And Shanahan has his quarterbacks do that. When he went to Atlanta, as soon as Matt Ryan made the switch, guess what he does? 2016 MVP. Now, it's it's bigger than just your feet, right? You still got to read a defense. You still got to make the throws and all that. Um, and I think that that switch was made in his pro day, but it wasn't the, the deciding factor. They know who they're going to get already. At this point, if you're still guessing, then why do you have 25 scouts and all these coaches on your staff? I think they already know what they want to do. Um, the second pro day was just to compete with the other guy. Who had another pro day? They had another guy threw another pro day out there. I think it was uh, I think Mac Jones had another pro day. So I, it was almost like, okay, you're going to do one. I'm going to do one as well. And I'm going to switch up my, my, my footwork. I don't think it's a big deal. I think they know who they're going to pick. I think it's, it's up to us to keep it interesting and have people guessing who the number three pick is going to be. It should be Fields, in my opinion. If you're a Seahawks fan, how worried should you be about Kyle Shanahan and getting – player like Justin Fields because Fields his size and speed is off the charts for a quarterback you should be extremely concerned this young man and now we haven't even seen I feel like Shanahan has more to show as well because you look at the quarterback that he had that he's had he's had Jimmy Garoppolo he's had Matt Ryan those guys aren't mobile could you imagine what Shanahan's gonna do with a mobile quarterback he's already gonna teach him how to sit in the pocket and make his reads and take the check downs take his shots when you can but now Phil's is gonna bring a dynamic that he's never had before how exciting is that for Shanahan if they do get Phil's if you are a 12 a fan you should be concerned because this kid can play the the thing that I'm most interested in learning here is about Shanahan's process. I think Shanahan's ultimately going to be the guy that decides this pick. I think yeah. John Lynch is there to guide it, but I think Shanahan's the one that's that's made the decision about trading up and is going to decide which quarterback he wants. We've seen Shanahan in Washington with RG3 and RG3's rookie year. You saw him use and what he could do with a mobile quarterback. They changed their offense. We've seen what he brought out of Matt Ryan. Also lurking in the background, though, is that, hey, this is the guy that loved Kirk Cousins. And one of the reasons when they had the number three overall pick in a draft that included Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, that they used that number three pick on Solomon Thomas, who was a defensive end who turned out to not be very good, yeah, was because they were going to get Cousins. And I'm like, I'm not sure if he's the best quarterback of value. Does he, he can make the most with the guy he gets. Is he the best at picking one? 
So I'm fascinated to see what he chooses. If he ends up choosing Mac Jones, I'm going to be like, he wants a guy that just executes his system. He wants a robot that will conduct it. Rather than if he gets Trey Lance or Justin Fields, it's like, hey, let's see what I can do with the best talent here. Because I think that those two guys are... Those two guys are incredibly talented with the speed that they bring to the position that Mac Jones simply does not. Justin Fields will make Shanahan right even when he's wrong when it comes to play calling. Simple as that. That's why I think you, you go with Fields. He gets you out of trouble. Question two. All right, Bump. The Seahawks have added Alden Smith to the pass rush. How much, how much improvement do you think that's going to make? I think it's going to make a lot of improvement. You mentioned earlier, I didn't really think about this, Danny. With Smith coming in, somebody's got to go. So who's going to go? Who's going to be the guy to go? But until we get there, we don't have to worry about that right now. I think Smith is going to enhance his defense. And I, it doesn't mean he has to go out and have eight, nine, ten sacks. No. I say any, anywhere between five, six, seven sacks, I think that's a win for this ball club. With the addition of Smith, Carey, you re-sign Carlos. I mean, right there between those three guys, that's what, maybe 20 sacks. And then you sprinkle in everybody else. Benson Mayala had a good season quietly with seven sacks. Alden Robinson had a good rookie season with four sacks. Daryl Taylor, we'll see what he does if they bring him back. He makes this team better. And I think this is an environment that's good for his personality. We all know he's had some issues. He needs to be in a calming, woosah environment. And I think Pete Carroll does a great job of dealing with players who have some issues. I think it makes them better. What they have, 47 sacks last year, Danny? Yes. If 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 everyone comes back, they're going to let somebody go. They're not going to let a big name go. But if they can hover around 47 sacks again, that's a win. And I honestly think they can do that. That The numbers that they have, like you, you look at what they've added. They didn't lose anybody, right? And they are – Daryl Taylor didn't play last year. Kerry yeah. Hyder is a good, versatile – Alden Smith. And then you're bringing back Dunlap and Mayoa. It's it's a strength and numbers approach. I love what they've done. I think that through a number of different attempts, they've wound up at the right spot where they haven't overpaid for anybody and they have a deeper group of pass rushers. I still do hope that one of these guys takes a major step forward this year. And I think that probably the best candidates for that are Daryl Taylor or... Alton Robinson, your two younger guys. Like, if you got one of them to emerge as one of your real like nickel pass rush aces, that would be the ideal scenario. Yeah, and I think this is going to help that situation because now there's less pressure off of them to be that guy. Now they can kind of just fill in the gaps and make plays when they can. They're not showing up on a Sunday saying, man, I have to get a sack today. I have to do this. I have to do that. It's more like just play. Follow the lead of these veterans. They'll show you how to get better. They'll show you how to conduct yourself on and off the field. No, on Rob's a different story, but uh, they'll teach you how to be professionals, and it takes pressure off of them and allows them to spread their wings and fly. I'm hoping that's the, the case here. Question three. There are moments when I'm reminded of the fragility of a football career, and Trey Adams is one of them. Trey Adams played left tackle as a true freshman at Washington. And he was he was certainly good, but like that is not a position where you get guys that play as true freshmen. You just yeah. don't. That usually offensive linemen are the last guys you see as true freshmen because they need to add bulk and they needed to get stronger. And I think it's such a huge leap. 
I would have told you then that I thought he was a surefire first-round pick eventually when it happened. He had a back injury. Uh, what was going to be his senior year, it got delayed. He did make the NFL, which is awesome. But he retired yesterday. He announced that he retired after one year playing with the Bills. I think he was... Um, and it just speaks to, like I said, kind of the fragility of, of athletic careers. When you see a decision like this, what does it make you think of, Bob? It makes me... It reminds me just how how fragile the body is and how fragile the mental is. Because first, your body goes. You get these injuries. Some guys battle through it, no problems. But when you're battling back from injury, now you're playing this mental game with yourself. Am I still the same player? Can I still do this and do that? And you mentioned you would have wrote a man as a first-round pick. Then the guy goes undrafted to the Bills. Then he doesn't make the team. He's on the practice squad. So there's, there's a mental battle that he's having with himself. You compound that with the physical and I think people need to be okay with guys like Trey making this decision. Because people are going to say, oh, he's in the league. He should have toughed it out. Yeah, he's one of the fortunate. Yes, he's one of the fortunate. It's a privilege to play in the NFL. But at the end of the day, you got to take care of your body and your mind. And if he feels like he's making the right decision, then so be it. He's still young enough to where he can start another career. I think if there was any kind of blessing in me getting hurt and breaking my foot and, and bouncing around and going to Canada and retiring early, it was that it allowed me – to start my next chapter early and 12 years later at 35 years old it worked out so i'm just hoping the best for the kid man be be confident with your decision and go ahead and live a great life man what's the hardest part about that decision the decision to say hey i'm going to turn the page and start a new chapter what's the toughest thing for an athlete to do when they make that decision toughest thing is like just getting back into regular life not waking up and, and working out and going to the facility and preparing every Sunday or throughout the week to play against an opponent. That's what you miss the most, lining up and hearing the crowd and feeling the intensity of a game. It's been such a big part of you for so long and you lose that. It takes some adjusting. That's why a lot of guys get into coaching because they, they chase that adrenaline. But, you know, some guys can retire, lead the game, and they don't even think twice. So we'll see how he handles it. That is Blue 42. Enjoy having Michael Bumpus's expertise. He's with us for the entire t- day today, filling in for, for Paul Gallant.